This is Daf Kaf Zayin in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. We are on Kaf Zayin Amud Aleph with the very first word of the Amud, Upiv Mitzupezav. It says that when they would blow the shofar, the mouth of the shofar was covered with some gold. So the Gemara says, Vatani, it says, Piv Pasul. It says that if you put gold at the place where you put your mouth, it is Pasul. Shalom Makom Hanachat Piv. But if it's not in the place where he places his mouth, it's okay. So obviously we'll just have to conclude, says Abaye, that our Mishnah is talking about putting the gold not literally where you place your mouth, because then you're blowing, uh, you're not using the uh, uh, the shofar, but you're using the gold. But it's talking about a little bit above that. It's on the side where the mouth goes, but not literally where the mouth is placed. So the shofar is blown directly, uh, placed directly into the mouth of the person with no interposition. It says that you have to have two chatzotot on either side of the person blowing the shofar. Do we say that you can have multiple sounds and hear all of them? Normally we say, It says that the two commandments of Shabbat that are mentioned in the Aserot Hadibot, one is in the version in Shemot and one is in the version in Dvarim. And the rabbi said that one is Zachor at Yom HaShabbat and one is Shemor at Yom HaShabbat. Remember the Shabbat, guard the Shabbat. And we said, the rabbi said, that these actually were said at the same time. Like we say in the Chadodi. Which the mouth cannot really say, and the ear can't hear. Right? So the um, so the the point is that you see from that that normally you cannot have two sounds simultaneously that could be heard, and if you have the chatzotot playing and also the shofar, how are people going to hear the shofar? Gemara says, therefore, lechach marich b'shofar. Right? So that that's why they extended in the shofar. So the Mishnah says that they would make the shofar longer so people would hear the shofar because that was the mitzvah. So then the thing is, if that's true, so you're telling me that when they started playing the, blowing the sound, so the shofar and the chatzot were overlapping and that part really didn't count because you couldn't hear anyway, but you heard the end of the tzkiah, that was enough, right? Um, if they, so hearing the end without the beginning is okay, so um, so it should be the same the other way too, that if you heard the beginning of the tzkiah but you didn't hear the end, you also fulfill the mitzvah, so but, then, but uh, we learned that if you blow, in other words, let's say you have a set of tekiah, shvarim turah tekiah, which is a typical set of the shofar. So you do tekiah, shvarim turah, tekiah. And then you're going to have to do tekiah again for the next set of shvarim turah and tekiah. So let's say you had tekiah, shvarim turah, then you have a, the next tekiah and you want to extend it double the time. Rather than do a tekiah to end that set and then do another tekiah before the next shvarim turah, you're just going to do a super long tekiah between them. So it says you can't do that. So if that's true, why, if it's true that you can separate the beginning of a tzikiah from the end of a tzikiah, you only heard the beginning, you only heard the end, it's good enough. So why can't we say that when you blow the shofar for a really long tzikiah, you could split it into two? And you could say it counts for the end of set one and the beginning of set two. So it says, no. And it could very well be that hearing the beginning or the end of a tzikiah is good. It's just that you can't divide a tzikiah in half and make it count for two. It doesn't mean you didn't fulfill the mitzvah because you didn't hear the end half or you didn't hear the beginning half. Maybe you did fulfill the mitzvah. The only thing is you can't break it into two and make it count for two. So, Tashma'at, okay, letochabo, letochadut, letochapitas. 
אם כל שופר שמה יצא, ואם כל העברה שמה לא יצא. זאת אומרת, אם אתה מבלוט את השופר לפיד, או לסיסטרן, או אפילו לג'וג, איזה קטן קטנטנר, אם כל שופר, אם אתה שומע את השופר עצמו, אתה מבלוט את המצווה, אבל אם אתה שומע את האקו, אתה לא מבלוט את המצווה. אמי, לפוק בתחילת תקיעה מקמדת לערבב כלה. Now if it's true that you can take a sound of a shofar and say I only heard the first part but that was enough and I don't have to care about the second part. So then here when you started blowing into the cistern you heard the beginning of the blast before the echo came. So it should be that you should be fulfilled the mitzvah. So what's the problem? Right? So uh, you see that obviously it doesn't count. You have to hear the entire blast because if it were true that you could just hear the first part of the blast without the second part and it would be good. Then if I blew into a cistern, I heard the beginning of the blast. I don't need to hear the end of the blast. That's an echo. I already fulfilled the mitzvah then. So you see that's not the case. You have to take the entire tekiah. So the What it means is that you can't hear two sounds be coming out from the same from uh, from the same person at the same time. But you could hear from two different people and since you have one person playing the shofar and one person blowing the chatzot so therefore you're able to hear both you can concentrate on both you can separate them out and focus on the shofar only is that really true that if two different people are playing a sound at the same time you can hear both we learn that normally in the times of the Talmud what they had was when you'd read the Torah each pasuk that the reader would read then they had a translation into Aramaic but you could have only one reader and uh And one translator. You could not have more than one reader at the same time or more than one translator at the same time, right? What do you, and what's the reason? The reason is because even though it's two different people, you'll get confused. You'll hear two different people at the same time saying something and you won't be able to concentrate on one. So, so to hear, if you have somebody playing the Chatzot and somebody playing the Shofar, we'll say that you can't really hear both of them. So it says, Actually, the case of Shofar is more similar to the end, where it says, Because it says, and this is actually found in Masachet Megillah, that if, there, if it's Halel or the Megillat Esther, even ten different readers at the same time, you can focus in and hear one of them and fulfill the mitzvah. Because since it's beloved to you, you focus. So the Torah reading that's every week or three times a week, you don't pay that much attention. But when it comes to the Shofar, you're going to pay close attention. So why then did they extend the shofar? Not because since you heard the first half messed up by the chatzot, by the trumpets, it didn't count, and only the last part where the shofar is playing a solo counts. That's not the reason. Really, the whole thing counted, and the whole thing has to count. The reason why that extends further is just to show that that blast, uh, that the shofar is the main mitzvah of the day. But basically, the point, the answer is that since it's something very special, we're able to zero in on the sound of the shofar and filter out the sounds of the other, um, uh, of the other instruments playing and the other noise that, uh, that is coming to us. So that's the answer. That uh, you're able to focus because it's a shofar special. Now it said that it, according to the Tanakhama, at least on fast days, that you use ram's horns to blow, and they have to be uh, overlaid with silver. Why is it that on Rosh Hashanah we use gold, and here on the fast days we use silver? One is one possibility is because we see that gathering the Jewish people together is associated with silver. Because Moshe Rabbeinu made two trumpets of silver in the Midbar. So so do we put silver on the Shofar because the whole point of it is to gather together in prayer and fasting for Hashem to annul any bad decree. Ibaitim alternatively called Kinufya. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Alternatively, maybe the Torah was just lenient with us to let us use silver because it cares about our money. It doesn't want us to waste money. Meaning, uh, we could, uh, we can save money and just use silver. But if that's true, then why doesn't the Torah let us off the hook for the shofar of Rosh Hashanah and let us use silver over there? Even though it's true that in general Hashem wants to spare us extra expense, when it comes to Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah, we have to honor the Yom Tov, so we go the extra mile and put this, the gold. But that's the reason why you have gold on Rosh Hashanah, on the shofar, and silver on other days, because, either because, um, Either because silver represents the gathering of the community and the chatzotot and the, the, uh, and the trumpets that are mentioned in the Torah and parashat Balotecha, or because Hashem wanted to give us a break that we don't have to spend as much money when it comes to the fast days. Rav Papa Bar Shmuel Savar Lemeabad Uvda Kimatnitin. Rav Papa Bar Shmuel wanted to do like what it says in the Mishnah and to have the chatzotot and the shofar together, right? Like it says in the Mishnah. But Amalei Rav Lo Amor Ale Bamikdash. That was only done in the Beit Hamikdash. In the Beit Hamikdash, where the, we have both, but when we're outside the Beit Hamikdash, whenever you have trumpets, you don't have a shofar. Whenever you have a shofar, you don't have trumpets, right? Meaning to say, on the fast days where you use trumpets, you don't have a shofar, and on, on Rosh Hashanah where you use a shofar, you don't use trumpets outside the Beit Hamikdash. That uh, so too did Rabbi Chalafta uh, Institute in Sipori and Rabbi Hanania ben Tradion also did this in uh, in Sichni. In other words, they had shofar and chatzotot. Or kishbad davar etzol chachamim. When the chachamim heard about it, Amru lo hayu no again ken l'b'shalom mizrach muvar ubaid bivat. The rabbi said they only used to do this in the eastern gate and on the temple mount alone. Meaning you're not supposed to do it outside the Beit Hamikdash when or when there's no Beit Hamikdash. Amar Rava vitem Rabbi Yosha ben Levi. Ma'ikur adichli b'chatzotot b'koshvar riyof neimel chashem. What's the pasuk says Rava? Or some say it was Rabbi Yosha ben Levi. What's the pasuk that you only have chatzotot and shofar together when you're in the Beit Hamikdash? Because it says with chatzotot. And the sound of the shofar, you should cry out before Hashem. Meaning only when you're in the presence of the Melech, the ultimate sense of presence of God, which is you are in the Beit Hamikdash, do you have both chatzotzot and shofar? But anywhere else, you can only have one, not the other. It says that the Yom Kippurim of the Yovel has the same rule regarding tekiat shofar and the bachot of the Musaf as Rosh Hashanah. Amar Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak says, "Kaman matzen ha'id." According to whom do we say in the Musaf nowadays, this is the beginning of your creation. It is a remembrance of the first day. We say that in Rosh Hashanah. It must be according to Rabbi Eliezer, because according to Rabbi Yoshua, the world was created in Nisan. So he wouldn't have it say in the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, um, that this is the beginning of your creation. Rabbi Eliezer, who says the world was created in Tishrei, would have that, right? Mativ Ravina Ravina said, he objected and said, It says that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim of the Yovel are the same for Shofar and Brachot. Even if we're going according to Rabbi Eliezer's view, that the world was created in Tishrei, it wasn't created on the 10th of Tishrei, so how could you say in the Musaf of Yom Kippur, today is the beginning of your creation, or remember, to the first day. How could you say that? Like we said in Rosh Hashanah. So it says, that's talking about the rest of the things. In other words, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah are equal in terms of the Bechot of the Musaf and they're equal in terms of the Shofar blowing. But the Yovel doesn't have that line in it that, in, that suggests that it's actually the first day of the year. That wouldn't be appropriate. Rav Shisha, Rav Shisha, the son of Rav Yidi, had a different version of this whole discussion. Amar Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, Adet Nan Shavei Yovel Rosh Hashanah Tzkel Ve Bechod Keman. 
According to this, instead of starting with the point of the tefillah and asking according to whom do we have in the tefillah that, it, that Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the year, instead in this version he started with noticing that Yovil and Rosh Hashanah were the same and said, Come on, Rabbi Eliezer, obviously that can't be according to Rabbi Eliezer. Why not? Because the Rabbi Eliezer, he flips around the question. Here he starts with the equation between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and says, well, that cannot follow according to Rabbi Eliezer because according to Rabbi Eliezer, uh, the world was, uh, was created on Rosh Hashanah. So how could you go ahead and say on Yom Kippur, this is the, this is the beginning of the world? Right, so it says no. In other words, since you're going to say that line in the Musaf that today was the first day of the, of the creation, you can't say that on Yom Kippur. Right, the assumption here is, of course, that uh, that Rabbi Yosho wouldn't say that in his Musaf at all. But according to Rabbi Yosho, how could you say it on Yom Kippur? So it says, Ah, you're right. That the Rosh Hashanah Yoika of Yoveleta. Right, Kikatani Ashara. Again, he's going to give the same answer that we're only talking about every in every other respect. The Shofar and the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim of the Yovel are the same. Only the only difference between the two is that there's not going to be that line of Zayom Tchilat Maasecha Zikaron the Yom Rishon. Now, according to uh, now the Tosfot speaks about the issue of how could you uh, that uh, that really um, it's the Tosfot of Keman Matzina and Zayom Tchilat Maasecha. He deals with what about the fact that it seems like we follow Rabbi Yoshua. Uh, how can we also follow uh, Rabbi Eliezer and, uh, and not Rabbi Yoshua? And, um, and in the end, he brings from Rabbeinu Tam, the Tosafot brings from Rabbeinu Tam, that uh, when we say, Zayom Tchilat Maasecha, we're not referring to the creation of the world, which according to Rabbi Yoshua didn't occur in Tishrei, but we're referring to the din of the world, the judgment of the world, which does occur on uh, in Tishrei, no matter no matter who you ask, so that's interesting Tosafot there to look at and how the Tfilot reflect different opinions possibly of the Tanaim found in this Masechet. Now the Mishnah says Shofar is dug with the if a Shofar breaks apart, and according to Rashi it splits completely apart. According to Tosafot it just splits um, a lot, but not all the way. Uh, Rashi says it's put all the way in half and you glued it back together. Or if you took pieces of a shofar and you made a new one out of it, it's going to be pasul. If it had a hole in it and you plug up the hole, now there's a big machlok here what this means. According to Rashi, what it means is if after you put uh, something into the hole, it changes the sound of the shofar from what it was before, then it's going to be pasul. But if not, then it's going to be kasher. In other words, if you left it and didn't do anything with the shofar that has a hole in it, it would be fine. If you plug the hole, and now it changes the sound that it had with the hole, then it's going to not be kasher. Um, and if it doesn't change, it'll be kasher. That's how Rashi interprets it. Tosfot says that if the hole made it, um, if the hole made it change its sound, so then when you fill it, you're actually fixing the shofar with that extra piece, and that would be a problem. If the hole did not change the sound of the shofar, it's still functional, then what you put in to stuff it up isn't really making a difference, and then it would be okay. That's how Tosfot interprets it. Now, the Mishnah goes on, if a person blows a shofar into a hole, or it's a cistern, or into a, a, a container, if he hears the actual shofar, that's fine, the sound of the shofar, if he hears the echo, it's not fine. Or if a person was passing behind a synagogue, and he hears the shofar, Here's the Megillah or the Shofar. If he heard it and he had in mind to fulfill the mitzvah, he fulfills the mitzvah. Even though one person hears and another person hears, one intends to fulfill the mitzvah and one does not. So intention in this case really matters in determining whether you fulfill the mitzvah or you don't. 
Now the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, Aochu, Ktsaro, Kasher. If you had a, uh, a long shofar of a Kitsor and you made it shorter, it's okay. Girdo Vemido Al Gildo Kasher. If you scraped it down to paper thin, it's still Kasher, actually, if you could still use it. Tipao Zav, If you overlay it with gold at the place where the mouth goes on it, it's no good. But if anywhere else on it, it's okay. Tipao Zav Mi Bifnim Pasul. But if you put the gold inside the shofar, it's Pasul, because then when you're blowing, you're not blowing through the shofar, you're blowing through gold. If you do it on the outside, if you put gold on the outside, if it's so much that it changes the sound of the shofar, it's Pasul. But if not, then it's Kasher. If there was a hole in it and then you plugged it up, if it uh, changes the sound of the shofar, it's pasul, and if not, it's kasher. Now, again, according to Rashi, what that means is that um, if after you plugged the hole, they, uh, it changes the sound of the shofar, then it's uh, pasul. If after you plug the hole, it's the same as it was before, then it's kasher. Natan shofar betok shofar. If you put one shofar into the other, if you put one shofar into the other, and the one that you're blowing into is the inner one, and it stretches out completely, meaning that the you have the ability to put your mouth on it on one end, and the sound comes out on the other end. But if you if you heard the sound of the outer shofar that has a shofar in it, that's not good because there's an interruption between what you're blowing and. Uh, and, and the air that's coming through. So that would not be good, but if you hear the sound of the inner shofar, it would be okay, because there's nothing else interposing between the air and the shofar walls when you have nothing else inside there. That's the, uh, now it says, Tanura Banan, the rabbis taught, if you, if you, you basically skin it down to paper thin, it's kasher, right? I'm sorry. If you if you uh, you uh, car you scrape it away, basically, whether from the outside or the inside, it's okay. Even if you go to the point that it's paper thin, it's still kasher. Right? As long as you can still use it. If you hear the inner one, you're good. If you hear the outer one, you're not good. If you flipped it around, and he blew it, lo yatsa. You didn't follow him. So, Amar Fapalote, Madaf, Kitona. It doesn't necessarily mean, that it doesn't necessarily mean that you switched it like a Kitona, which means that, like a shirt. In other words, that you made it inside out. You like melted down the shofar and you switched what was inside is now outside, what was outside is now inside. You don't even have to go that far. That's for sure Pasul. What it means is that you, you, you made it very hot and you made it that the wide part became the small part and the small part became the wide part. Maitam, what's the reason? It has to be that you did it in the uh, uh, that, that that it's in that it's in the proper form, the way that it was when it was on the head of the animal. It can't be that you changed it. It says You should pass the shofar. Means you should blow the shofar. It has to be the way of its passing. In other words, it has to be the way that it actually goes. The same way that the ram carries it on his head is how it has to be. So if you switch the wide part to be the thin part or the thin, narrow part to be the wide part, then it will not be kasher anymore. If you took pieces of a shofar and you put them together into one shofar, it's no good. 
if you add something to the shofar, whether it's bimino or shelo bimino, in other words, you add an extension to the shofar, whether it's a also from a shofar, it's a piece of shofar that you add onto the end, or it's some extraneous material, it's no good. Nikavustamo, if there's a hole in it and then you plug it up in, mino ben shelo pasul. Whether it was the same type or a different type, it's pasul according to the Tanakama. You cannot plug anything in that's adding to the shofar. Rabbi Natan Omer, bimino kasher. Rabbi Natan says, if what you put in was, was the same type as the shofar itself, it's kasher. Shelo bimino pasul. But if it's a different thing, then it's going to be pasul. Bimino kasher. Right? So what does it mean, bimino kasher? Amar Rabbi Yochanan, v'ushin shtay rubo. Because the shelo bimino, v'ushin shtay rubo, pasul. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan comes along and says, there's two qualifications. Number one, the hole that was made in the shofar has to not be that the majority of the shofar was compromised. That the majority is still there. A small piece broke, and a hole is there. So you could put something to plug it. If you put something to plug it, and it's of the same type of material as the shofar itself, so it'll be kasher b'diavad, According to the according to Rabbi Natan, Ika de Matnila Sefa Shelob Mino Pasul. Some put that halacha of Rabbi Yochanan at the end of the Mishnah uh, or at the end of the Brayda. Am Rabbi Yochanan Vushin Nifchat Rubo Miklad the Bimino Afavish Nifchat Rubo Kasher. That's a more lenient version. That if you use something at Shelob Bimino that's not the same type as the shofar, some other kind of material, then it's only pasul if most of the shofar was damaged. If the majority of the shofar was intact, then even though what you added to it was a different type of substance, it will be kasher. And if you, uh, if you, uh, um, if, but if it's, uh, the majority is gone, right? If the majority is gone and you put something which is a foreign material, then it's going to be puzzle. So if you have one or the other, it's okay according to this version. According to the first version, you needed two things. It needed to be majority and it needed to be, in other words, the majority had to be intact, and you used a material that matched the material of shofar. The second version says, no, either or. If it's a majority intact, then it doesn't matter what you use to plug the hole, and if it's not a majority intact, then as long as you use something which is the same type as the shofar, you'll be okay. Okay, those are the two different views of what Rabbi Yochanan meant. Now, uh, the Gemara goes on, if you put gold on the outside of the shofar and it doesn't change, then if you put it on the inside, it's no good. If you put it on the outside, it's okay. As long as it doesn't change the sound of the shofar. If you had a, a, a break in the shofar all the way down lengthwise, right? It's pasul. Because it splits the shofar into two shofarot. If it went across widthwise, so then the thing is that um, if after, in other words, in the the, uh, the point is that that uh, I skipped the line, right? It says if it's cut across the width. So all that means is you have a shorter shofar. So if it still has the measurement of a shofar for the tkiah, it's good. If not, then it's no good. What does it mean? The measurement of a of a blowing. If you hold the shofar in your hand, can you see the mouth part protruding and the other part, the wide part protruding? Then it's kasher. So even if you had the even if something broke off, in other words, you you had a shofar and you broke off the end to make it shorter, it would still be kasher. If the, if the sound of the shofar was very fine or very thick sound, a very heavy sound or a very high sound meaning, or a very dry raspy kind of sound, doesn't matter. All sounds are good for the shofar. They sent the question to, to the father of Shmuel. If they made a, um, a hole, they drilled a hole in the shofar, um, then you fulfill the mitzvah. 
Do you fill the mitzvah or not? Pshita. They, he's, it's obvious. What do you mean that you, you drilled a hole? When you take the shofar off the head of the animal, it's filled with all kinds of cartilage and stuff you got to take out. So obviously I have to drill a hole in that in order to be able to blow the shofar. What's the question? Right? So obviously you have to. What it means is even if you took the inner material of the shofar and you made a hole in it and you made it into a shofar, it would be okay. You would say a type with its own type is chotzet still interrupts. So therefore, it's come to tell you that not. In other words, the point is that uh, it, when it's attached to the animal, Rashi says, What it means to say is not that he cleaned out the, uh, the, the cartilage or whatever that was in the horn, was in the ram's horn, was in the shofar. What it means is he just left it in there, but he, made, he penetrated and made a hole all the way through the zakhut, and he blew through the zakhut. So the question is, is that still good? Uh, and do we, maybe we'll say that even though it's true that it's really the same material because it's from the animal and all that, the fact is that when you make a shofar, you take that stuff out of there. You don't just make a hole through it. The fact that he made a hole through it, um, is doing an unusual thing and it still says it's okay because it's considered a part of the shofar and it's min bimino. It's the same type of thing and it's not going to be chotzitz. It's not going to be a, uh, a, an interruption in the, um, uh, you know, in, in between the air and the shofar that you're blowing and, uh, and therefore it would be okay even though you didn't remove that stuff. You just made a hole straight through it. Um, the, uh, uh, and so Bezrat Hashem, this is where we'll begin. We'll pick up from this point next time.